Welcome to the Principles of Success, interviewing the experts, and today's book review is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So this is one of those landmark books that so many successful people have read. This is one of those books that everybody should probably read. Now, I'll be talking a lot of the principles that are covered in this book in this podcast. So some of this stuff we'll talk about later on. Um, Some of it, I believe, we've already talked about. So this will just be a more concise version for the most part. But... First, let's talk about the Rich Dad, Poor Dad story. So the author, Robert Kiyosaki, has two dads. He has a poor dad, which is his actual dad, and a rich dad, which is his friend's dad. And they have very different ideologies when it comes to money. And at the time, the poor dad made a lot more than the rich dad. But the rich dad became one of the wealthiest people in, I believe it was Hawaii. And the rich dad taught Robert Kiyosaki a lot about money. So that's kind of the story behind the title. The rich dad taught Robert Kiyosaki one thing, and then his actual dad taught him a different thing. And his actual dad taught him basically what probably most of you heard growing up. Go to school, get a good job, buy a house, work on retirement, that kind of stuff. And then the rich dad lessons are what we're going to talk about for the rest of the book. So, lesson number one, the rich do not work for money. And if you want to be successful, you have to change your mindset that money comes from working and it, to, it comes from working on purchasing money. So we already talked about this a little bit in the three different types of money. There's earned income. And if you're really, really good, earned income maxes out at like 100, 150K. Then there's portfolio income or capital gains income and cash flow income. If you want to be wealthy, you need to work towards generating cash flow and capital gains income, not earned income. So the go to school, get a good job is all focused on earned income. And it's the worst type of money. So that's what that essentially is saying is that the rich don't work for earned income. For They work to buy assets instead of liabilities. And this is the next one. So what is an asset? In this book, the definition of an asset is anything that puts money into your pocket and a liability is anything that takes money out of your pocket. So is a car an asset or a liability? Does it put money in your pocket? Or does it take money out of your pocket? By this book's definition, it is a liability. And notice I've been saying by this book's definition. A fancy car is definitely a liability. But a car that gets you two places to make money, I call a asset tool. And I think at the beginning of this year, I actually had a different name for it. But I decided, uh, and those 
and I had cash flow assets and never mind. So a car is an asset tool in my book, but in this book, it is a liability. Is a house a asset or a liability? Well, if you are living in the house, it is costing you money, therefore it is a liability. If you are a landlord and are renting the house, it is an asset because it is putting money into your pocket. So the cash flow of a typical person is they have their job, they get paid, and then they pay all of their bills and spend the rest. They buy a house, they buy a boat, they buy junk food, they buy soda from the vending machines, they go out to eat. All that is the typical cash flow of a regular person. The cash flow from a successful person is they have money from their earned income coming in, they use that money to buy assets and then spend what's left on expenses, and then the next time round, they have the money from their assets coming in and their earned income, so they have now have more money coming in, and they use that to buy more assets, so then the next round, you have a ton of assets generating a lot of money and a little bit of earned income. It's the same amount, it's just a smaller percentage. And now they have lots of money to play with, and they still buy more assets, and then they spend what's rest. They spend the rest. But 10% of a million dollars is a lot more than 70% of $20,000. And this is the biggest crutch of the middle class. Because the middle class is very good at earning money from earned income. But instead of buying assets, they buy more liabilities. They buy their house, they buy their car, they buy a nice car, or they buy a nice boat. Um, and their expenses go up to meet their level of income. And this is true for if you're lower middle class or upper middle class. If your expenses go up to meet your level of income, you're trapped. Again, just like if you were stuck in poverty. Um, because all the money that's coming in is going out. And at some and sometimes, actually a lot of times, when people are really dumb, which is most people, the expenses get higher than the income. So now, not only are they not generating any excess money to invest into assets, they are actively, each month, owing more and more money. So avoid buying pleasure at the cost of your future. The successful don't think, I can't afford that. They think, how can I afford that? They're like, and they go out and figure out ways to generate more money. So now let's switch over to more of the business um, lessons that come from this book. Everyone should own their own business for this one reason, taxes. When you own a business, the money that your business generates, you get to spend first and then what's left gets taxed on. Whereas an employee, you get your taxes taxed first and then you get the leftovers. But if I if my business generates, I don't know, let's say $1,000, but then I have a business trip that costs a couple hundred dollars in food and gas and travel and hotel, and it just so happens to be where I've always wanted to go on vacation, then all of that I get to write off on my taxes. So then by the end of it, I only have a couple hundred bucks that the government 
will tax. So I get a much bigger discount on my purchasing power because I get taxed on less money. And by the way, you still have to do business on this business trip. Next, if you want to be successful, you don't diversify at first. You focus on one thing. Jeff Bezos focused on Amazon. Elon Musk focused on Tesla. Well, actually, he focused on PayPal first, but you focus. And then once you begin having some success, then you diversify to protect what you've already generated. You don't diversify first to generate. You focus and then peel off of the focus to gener to safeguard the already generated wealth. So focus on business, focus on real estate, or focus on the stock market. Then you can diversify. And then next, financial education is king. The guy who knows about money will have money. The guy who doesn't know about money won't. And the author talks about four things that you need to learn about money. One is accounting. In personal terms, this is basically knowing how much you're making and knowing where it's all going. Budgeting. In business terms, it's the same thing. How much are you generating in the business in revenue and how much is going out for different expenses? Know your numbers. Next is investing. You need to know how to use your money to buy more money. Third is understanding the law. No, wait. Third is understanding the market. If you started a wagon company right as Ford is, is producing the Model T car, well, then that was poor timing on the market. If you're starting a kissing booth in 2020 right as... COVID is starting, that's probably a poor timing on the market. If you don't understand the market for real estate, you'll overbuy your house or undersell your house um, for both personal and for flipping or rental properties. You need to understand the market. You need to understand what's going on so that way you can be successful. And then the fourth one, I already spilled the beans, is law. You need to understand the law. You need to understand the national law and you need to understand the local law. This is true for if you live in America, if you live in the UK or Australia or any of the other many countries that you guys are listening to from. You need to know what the law is, you need to know what the tax law is, and you need to know what the regulations are. So for instance, most places have building codes. You can't just slap up a building and then sell it to somebody. You have to make sure it's all up to code. Otherwise, the, the government will show up and be like, hey, you know what? You didn't give us any money for this building, so we're going to insist you tear it down. And tax law. If you didn't know that you can deduct mileage, food expenses, and for a business trip, and you don't even have to actually spend that much on food, at least here in America. So let's just say you get allotted 50 bucks per day in the region that you're in. Each region has different amounts, by the way. Um, you get allotted 50 bucks to spend on food that day. If you only spend 20 bucks, you still get to deduct the 50 bucks from your taxes. So you have $50 less that the government will say, yeah, we can tax that on. But you only spent 30 or 20 bucks, so you have 30 bucks tax-free. So you need to understand the law of taxes and business and real estate 
if you're going to try and make money and be successful. So the next takeaway, real quick, because I'm running out of time for recording this, is overcoming obstacles. People are afraid. Fear holds people back. But the fear of losing makes you lose. If you don't if you don't shoot the shot, then you're not going to make the basket. If you don't start a business, if you don't start investing, um, then you're not going to be successful financially. Next one is related. It's cynicism, self-doubt. If you don't believe you are capable of it, well, then you're not capable of it. Third is laziness. We all struggle with laziness. I'm a super lazy person, but I am working my butt off like crazy so that way I can be lazy for the rest of my life. Four, bad habits. Spending way too much time on TikTok or watching TV or Instagram or Pinterest or Facebook is costing you valuable education time and research time and productivity time and time with your family. So, break the bad habits. And then arrogance. Every time you think you know everything, the thing that you don't know is the thing that costs you. Now let's talk about 10 steps to becoming successful. One, have a strong reason. You need a reason to get up in the morning and go like mad so that way you don't procrastinate. Two, make daily choices. You Each day you have a chance to choose what you're going to do that day. Make sure that it is choices that lead you towards success. And that includes the choices that you made yesterday and how they affect today. So, for instance... If I had stayed up all night last night, I wouldn't have been able to get up early to record this episode. Three, choose your friends carefully. Your friends will affect how you're able to perform. Simple as that. Number four, figure out your strategy. How do you want to make your money? Figure out a formula for generating money and learn that skill. Five, always pay yourself first. When we... Either we'll talk about that or have already talked about that. So I'll just move on. Six, pay your brokers well. Pay your experts. Expert advice is useful. We've already, I believe we've already talked about the bad side of a lot of stock market brokers, but good advice is important. So pay them well. Speaking of which, if you want to help support this podcast... There's a certain book called The Blueprint of Wealth, and I encourage all of you to read it and go check it out on Amazon, and the link is below. And while you do that, I guess, cue ad. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Step seven, make investments that net positive goodies. Eight, use assets to buy luxuries. Don't use your earned income to buy luxuries. Like, don't use your earned income to buy a house. Use your earned income to start a business and then use that business income to buy a house. You need to not shortcut the assets step to success. If you don't have any assets, you shouldn't be buying expensive liabilities or luxuries, including restaurants. And we'll talk about that more here in a couple of weeks. Nine, choose heroes, choose mentors, choose people that you idolize and want to become like. So for instance, some of mine are Tony Robbins and Gary Vee. 
Both of them are very successful public speakers. I want to be a public speaker at some point. That was the original reason behind this podcast. And they teach a lot of really good stuff. So I listen to them. And then number 10, teach and you shall receive. When you need something, give what you want first, and it will come back to you in buckets. So I'm able to hone my understanding of these principles by teaching you guys. And then my increased understanding of this allows me to be very productive and successful. Anyway, I am very out of time for today. So with that, I will see you all next week.